0: Hi and welcome to Be In Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brettville, and myself complete our discussion on the second petition of the Lord's Prayer.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and today I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Ricky. Awesome. And we are in the, the the comfortable studio...
0: From beautiful North Minneapolis, yeah, right. Minneapolis
2: Minnesota. Okay. This is a great neighborhood, man. though.
0: It's, it, it's funny because all the neighbors that we had when we purchased uh, this place back in 2000 are mostly still here.
2: Hmm. So, stable neighborhood. It is,
0: it really is, we're, and it's been great.
2: And I love that we're in the part of town that's still laid out on a grid. Yes. Yeah. You always know where you're going. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Minneapolis is great that way. Yeah. So. Good.
2: All
1: right. Well, we're wrapping up our mini series, I guess you could call it, on the second petition
2: of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, we've we've come then a little way and a long way yeah. and you know, every which way maybe, but talking about the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and the nature of the gospel as the agent of the kingdom of God, as the identification of the kingdom of God, and then constantly reminding ourselves that the kingdom of God comes apart from our own efforts. Mm-hmm. It comes from, even apart from our prayers. Yeah. But we pray that it would come among us. And we've looked at that. And, and today we're returning to the theme that the church doesn't need to create emergencies to address, mm-hmm. that we don't need to panic, be panicked in, because of the state of the church, because the church doesn't die.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, and so we we're looking at a New Testament text today, Matthew sixteen. Yeah, Matthew sixteen. I almost said seventeen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Matthew sixteen, thirteen through nineteen, and I'm going to read that for us here in Jesus' name. It says this now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that the Son of Man is?" And they said, "Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets." I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And that's it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Okay, I was going to read verse 20. No, no, yeah. Read verse 20. The, anyway, verse 20. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was a Christ. All right. Here's God's word. Amen. 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 All right. Matthew 16. What do we have going on here? Oh, not much. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, Oh not so much. I'm all right. Yeah, Yeah. I think
0: this is definitely among the top misunderstood texts of Scripture and or maybe debated texts of Scripture as to what exactly does it mean, what exactly is the rock, what exactly is the keys. And I know that, Jason, you got Mm. all the answers. False. (laughs) Uh, But I I will say
2: as (laughs) as confessional Lutherans in the AFLC – we kind of get stuck on both sides of this issue. On the one hand, we have uh, the the whole Roman Lutheran distinction between what is the rock mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's Christ or it's Peter's confession of Christ that is the rock, mm-hmm. and not Peter himself. Right. On the other side of things, historical Pietism—that's with a capital P, not the synonym for legalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that people use—historical Pietism has rejected uh, the notion of the absolution. Because uh, a man can't ever tell another man his sins are forgiven; it always has to come from God. And mm-hmm. so we we completely miss the point of the proclamation of the gospel on the other side. And and so we we have both these issues bookending things. And and what we really are focusing on here, right straight down the middle, is that this is the nature of the kingdom of God. This yeah. is this is the content of the explanation of the second petition as Luther wrote it. Uh, and so that's, you know, kind of where we want to turn our attention and, and we'll answer both of these things because we have the foundation of the church as the kingdom of God, Peter's mm-hmm. confession, and then we have the practice of the church in the absolution. So really it's all about Jesus. It's all about <laughs> Jesus. That's a great yeah, place great, to start. Great summary. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's not the ultimate me.
0: Sunday school answer, uh, Jesus. Yes. You know,
2: yes. uh, unfortunately, the, the joke from the early 2000s when Purpose Driven Life came out and everyone was doing the the 40 Days of Purpose program the first line of the book was it's not about me and, and then, then the rest of the, books, the book was me 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 <laughs> me 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 stuff like that that's what church looks like mostly <laughs> 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 oh we want to make it all about jesus so let's have program that i want to do that i think and is we
0: can uh, well, change that worship song because it's all about yeah, me right
1: yes <laughs> oh, <no>. oh ouch <laughs>
0: But we do. No, we do. We right. make it about ourselves. We make it about what we're supposed yeah. to do and to the kingdom. And, and again, I know we've said this in almost every episode or I've said it, that God doesn't need us. Yeah. We are privileged to be a part of it. Yeah. And there is a difference. There's a big difference between those two mindsets or those two approaches. One, well, you know, it's just the the addiction to
2: selves self that we have. And in one pastor that I've listened to, he he kind of talks about when you're evaluating worship music or even evaluating a sermon. Mm-hmm. One of the things he says is, "Look to see who the subject of the verbs is." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in church, the worship service, we we would recognize primarily that God is doing the serving; mm-hmm. that He's the one delivering. Yeah the forgiveness of sins and
1: we that's that's really countercultural oh, to Christian culture I mean and yeah. if you 've been mm-hmm.
2: immersed in that culture it's really hard to mm-hmm. wrap your brain around This it's the utmost offense because I want to be there doing something for God because mm-hmm. that's my obligation and in reality when we come to church all we 're bringing to the table is our sin and our shame mm-hmm. and god's oh. forgiving it and then we're yep. responding with praise right. absolutely we're yep. responding yep. with praise but the activity in the worship service is god's primary yeah, that's I,
1: somebody once said is is worship like a worship is more like a W instead of an M, it, meaning it comes from God to us. We yeah. praise him, comes from God, you know, instead of starting with us and yeah. Anyway, that's maybe not helpful.
2: But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we just want to, in, in what this petition is talking about, what the content of the Lord's Prayer, especially as we get into petitions 5, 6, and 7, it's all about Jesus because it's all about the gospel. Mm-hmm. The, the way that we function and the reason that we function in the here and now is because our sins have been forgiven because that's assured and we take comfort in that.
0: And in this text, Jesus sets that stage. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Mm-hmm. Just that title alone should perk our up and say, okay, Jesus is saying that he is the Messiah proclaimed all yep. throughout the Old Testament, the one who came to provide salvation through his life, death, and mm-hmm. resurrection.
2: So much theology going in here because you have Jesus baiting yep. the question who do people say the Son of Man is? Almost Uh, catechetically, is that a word? Yeah, Yeah. well, it is. It is. It is now. Then then he asks Peter, who do you say I am? And then Peter gives more theology. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, son of man, son Mm -hmm. of God, anointed one in the middle. You have two natures in Christ working beautifully here Mm -hmm. that our Savior is fully divine and fully human, which means he's the perfect Savior for us. Uh, That's gospel stuff. And then Jesus responding. Yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. Mm, this gaspily. is what I was looking for. <laughs> I know, and I'm thinking about Daniel. Where, <laughs> gaspily sweet. Where, the Messiah, exactly.
0: <laughs> the Messiah will be the Son of Man, yet ancient of days. And just yeah. this beautiful picture. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and again, you know, for those who treat faith like it's mental assent, like it's agreement to a set of facts, or a, or a muscle you flex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, blessed are you because this is election right here. You have been chosen. God has revealed this mm-hmm. to yeah. you. Yeah, right. this faith that you are mm-hmm. that is e- erupting in your confession—that's of the Holy Spirit. This yeah. is something that has been produced in you. Yes, this isn't something you have mustered up in your Exactly. 1 yeah. Corinthians:
1: yes. uh, No one can say Jesus
2: Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Yep, exactly. And by grace we have been saved through faith, and this yep. is not of ourselves; this is a gift of God, so that no one may boast. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yep. yep. all of that's going on, and so. We're focused as the church on the work of God, not on the work of the church. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Amen. Wow. Yeah. Almost, you could almost sit on that for a while and... Just let that percolate yeah. for a little bit. I'm a think, I like to think a lot. So well, in Paul's the, yeah.
0: proclamation, I choose <laughs> yeah. to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I don't come to you with lofty words or yeah. wisdom. And I think the American church wants that. They want these these programs and these feel good things and these self help things. But it really has to always and only be about Jesus yep. and what He's accomplished.
2: Right. Well, you know, on the one hand, the church has this colossal inferiority complex because we're never the coolest kid on the block. We're never the most popular. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, we're panicked that it's going to die. And, you know, the antidote to both of this is nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified mm-hmm. in, to the point where Jesus turns around and tells Peter, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hmm. Mm. Wow. You know, so here's here's that key exchange. You are Peter. And the word Petra in Greek rock,
0: means yep. rock,
2: but Peter is who he is, not because of his status, but because of his confession
0: or what um, he has done or not done. It's Q, about what Christ yeah. is about Q to do in our text.
2: Catholic. Yeah. yeah okay. Angry Catholic. <laughs> Angry listener. Catholic uh, Brian, what's your time. cell phone number? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, but, but any question, any comment, th- this is, you. this is the line in the sand. Yeah. This is the line in the sand. in, 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 Grammatically speaking, in context, it has to be Peter's confession that it's the rock because the focus here is Jesus. The focus here mm-hmm. isn't Peter. Uh, Jesus didn't walk up to Peter and say, who are you? you know, what good are you? Mm-hmm. He said, who am I? Mm-hmm. And Peter confesses who mm-hmm. he is. And that's, that's the truth of the church, right. that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Is there any,
1: maybe this is not a good direction to go, but any Greek... Um, any greek insights especially the word this this rock
2: so in the greek language and i'm not a greek scholar by Mm -hmm. any sense of the imagination uh the this you're you're disappointing (laughs) me yeah i disappoint a lot of people get used to it (laughs) Uh, life is pain anyone else who tells anything you're what's the quote from the princess bride i don't know oh which one Uh, get used to disappointment is what Wesley says to someone, mm-hmm. and he says, "Life is pain. Anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is selling something." <laughs> <laughs> like uh, anyway, boy, that was a tangent that I didn't wow. need to go on at all. Um, yeah, so this, this this rock, yeah, this rock—that's an entire unit in itself. Okay. And so uh, the play on words here: Peter uh, in Greek mm-hmm. uh, is Petra, which mm-hmm. means rock. Uh, But Peter's name is Petros. Mm -hmm. And so in in some languages, not in the English language, you have genders. So Mm -hmm. Peter's name is masculine, gender, Petros. The rock is Petra. That doesn't do a lot for us. And so we're, again, what is this rock talking about? And what we would do then is take it to the context Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about Jesus' identity and not about Peter's identity. Mm -hmm. And so...
0: Good. uh, And even the context almost shows us that it's not about Peter because... mm that Petra is feminine and that this rock, what Christ will build his church on Mm -hmm. is not Peter.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it's not Peter because, again, too, Peter uh, repeatedly screws things up in the New (laughs) Testament. (laughs) Of all the New Testament people, he's probably the least perfect picture we get. I mean, almost every time he appears in the gospel, he's sticking his foot all the way into his mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even after the, the crucifixion resurrection, Jesus has to commission him back again into service because he denied the Whoa. faith mm-hmm. and he abandoned Christ. In just
0: a few lines. He says, he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. me behind me, right. Satan. <laughs>
1: um, he, but he's using his name as, uh,
2: as a, a play on words. Yeah. Well, his name on the, his name on the play on words. And I think, I think it would be theologically responsible of us again to say Peter's identity as a disciple of Christ is found in his confession, yeah. in his in the gospel confession he makes, yep.
0: uh, and Christ, in a sense, has given him his name. But, well, he, he's
2: changed his name. Yeah, that's, it's Simon. You know, yeah, so that's that's baptism language or or, or imagery at least. But but yeah. kingdom language, <laughs> star, yeah, kingdom there you language, go. and then. Yes. Verse 19, which is, you know, we have this unnatural divide because we're going to argue about the rock. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Thy kingdom come. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. This is law and gospel. Mm -hmm. It's preaching the law and preaching the gospel. And we would expand on this from John 20, where Jesus says, whatever sins you forgive, they will be forgiven. Whatever sins you do not forgive, they won't be forgiven. That's the activity of the church. And
1: I think that's something that, I don't know if this is, yeah, it, a lot of churches don't understand what this is, the keys of the kingdom, Well, especially in the way that you just said that. So, so maybe some listeners might be you, saying, I've so never heard of, of it. the of the
2: kingdom is the absolution. Sure. So first we'll talk about practice and then we'll talk about the theology behind it. The practice is in, you know, our Missouri Synod friends mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters in Christ The pastor stands up in the worship service and says, as a called and ordained servant of the word, uh, in the stead and by the command of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins and Mm were Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's what the pastor says. And to anyone in evangelical American Christianity, that's literally the most offensive thing you can say because no one can forgive sins but God himself, right? Wrong, because the whole vocation of preaching the gospel is to forgive the sins. The power of the gospel is that it's not information, Mm -hmm. but that the gospel does what it says it does. And so the gospel isn't just talking that Jesus died on the cross. It's that the gospel in preaching Jesus Christ on the cross forgives sins so that the gospel can't ever be apart from the forgiveness of sins.
0: But there's also kind of a warning that comes with that, you know, when any clergy uses that first-person personal pronoun in that statement that I now pronounce, you've got to make sure that we understand that this is all through what Christ well, has done, and and that this isn't anything that we have done in and of ourselves in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's interesting, you
1: know, you decide this now, but we don't take offense to that when at the end of a wedding ceremony
2: where the pastor says, I now, I now pronounce, pronounce you, man, you and man and wife. No one can make a man and wife except God. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. The the analogy to use here is let's say you're in prison. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, the King gets to take up your case finally after you've been in prison for a while. And he looks at the evidence and the King says, I pardon this man. Mm -hmm. And so the jailer goes to the prison, opens your cell and says, you're free to go. And then you would say, well, that's ridiculous. Only the King can set me free. That's what it looks like. That's mm-hmm. the, the absolution. Uh, so we do because want to be using careful. using the ambassador. Yeah, to, the messenger mm-hmm. does, relays the message. And so, uh, first of all, when we look at the form of the absolution, we want to be focusing on in the stead and by the command right. of Jesus Christ. Not just because not
1: Jason Goodham said so. Not
2: the pronoun, right? Yeah. The, the pastor has no power. The pastor has a call. And in that call, he has a vocation and a command to do exactly what he just did. Because of the context, the absolution that I use at my congregation so that I don't have to, you know, trip all over myself explaining it every time, mm. is we in the in the service have a verse of gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Psalm 32, 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, uh, you said, I will... I said, I'll confess my sins and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Mm -hmm. I read that. And then I say to the congregation, I said, because of promises like this in the word of God from the mouth Mm -hmm. of God himself, and because of the completed work of Christ on the cross in your Mm -hmm. place, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. That's a little weaker. It's a little less personal. It's personal enough. But it it comes without the offense, and so that's why I, I do also
0: it. think it it also is a real reverent way of doing it. I really appreciate the way that you word that because mm-hmm. I think you're 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 trying to keep the focus upon Christ and His atoning sacrifice, and I think that choosing our words carefully is an okay thing. I think to give that great well, thought is is a good way to worship God according to His Word. Mm-hmm. So it's in my opinion, it's it's slightly weakening the theology
2: to to for lack of better terms, to play to the context of what I know my congregation to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I would rather yeah. have the gospel be heard without offense than mm-hmm. have to unpack that every single time yeah, because a right. visitor might be there. Yep. So now we go to the theology of the absolution. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I think people have failed to really consider this to, to the length and breadth of which it stands is that simply proclamation of the gospel is absolution. Yeah, The absolution is a way to proclaim the gospel, but the gospel is always an absolution. Mm-hmm. So we, we watch that. When I preach the gospel in the sermon, you've been absolved. Mm-hmm. When you receive Holy Communion, you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you've been absolved. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the absolution... You've been absolved. And in fact, the absolution is highly sacramental from a Mm -hmm. Lutheran perspective, because Luther would call it the daily application of your baptism, Mm. is that you would live in repentance and then receive comfort and forgiveness for your sins. And that's what the absolution does. That's the purpose of the absolution. It It is the baptismal element. In the worship service, since baptism is a one-time event, Mm -hmm. but an ongoing Mm reality—that's a good way to describe it. And and so, it's—I understand the offense, but I think more the evangelical bristling. We almost
1: lock up the gospel after sharing it. Well, it's sort of
2: well, or mix in a little lot. Uh, well, you you, you have you well you have all <laughs> sorts of problems, and, and I think really the offense in the bristling at the absolution is more of a pointing to that we as American Christians really don't understand the gospel, the nature mm-hmm. of the gospel, and and you only go a little bit further until you realize, yeah, this is the whole problem with the altar call, because mm. this is me doing something instead of me receiving something, and, and so you look at it that way, the nature of the kingdom of heaven, the keys of the kingdom of heaven is the forgiveness of sins. It's not the decision. Mm -hmm. It's not the personal assent to a set of teachings or a set of facts. The kingdom of heaven involves God stooping to us Mm -hmm. and washing us in his own blood Mm -hmm. and cleansing us from sins. That's the nature of the kingdom of God. Mm. That never dies Mm -hmm. the church never dies a church might die and we've talked about this if if in a hundred years from now faith-free Lutheran church ceases to exist the kingdom of God the kingdom of God the church will still stand if in a hundred years there's no AFLC or no Missouri Synod or no Wisconsin Synod or no you know pick your poison (laughs) there will still
0: be a church yeah so in regard to the second petition, how does this verse show us our part of our vocation? How do we apply this as New Testament believers in Christ Jesus? Well, We
2: would apply this first of all, by saying that the kingdom of God comes with the absolution, mm-hmm. with the proclamation of the gospel, with the application of wherever the gospel. That
1: ab- wherever that application of the
2: gospel happens, the, the kingdom of God is being- It's there, it's active. Is there. Yep. God mm-hmm. is delivering his kingdom. And then in the kingdom of God, under that absolution, as always, we live on our vocations. We love our neighbors in that environment. Mm-hmm. And so that the gospel isn't instructing us what to do in loving our neighbor, it's freeing us to love the yep. neighbor. It's giving us Christian freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing because it allows us to operate in the areas that God has already put us instead of inventing ways to serve God.
1: Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe that's a good spot to wrap up today. Uh, Brian, any verse?
0: Yeah, I wrestled with a couple of them, but I think I'm just going to go with Titus chapter three. Uh, It's just a great way to remind us uh, of the great grace and mercy we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Beginning in verse four, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works. Done by us in righteousness, but according to His very own mercy, by washing the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran dot com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, beginning discussion about the third petition. God bless you and have a great week.